listening to the Maddox Podcast, hosted by the Maddox Real Estate Team. Jason Maddox, Jamie Abitia, and Katrina Pryor, presented by Painless Podcast. To learn more about our services, check out our website at maddoxrealestate.com. For five years, Pinole Valley High School was jokingly known by the community as Portable Valley High as it underwent a five-year renovation plan. In August of 2019, the once single-story high school was rechristened into a brand new three-story academic wonder. All of this was accomplished under the leadership of Principal Kibby Kleiman. Today, Kibby joins us on the podcast to talk about the new Pinole Valley High School, its improved facilities and programs, as well as how the faculty and student body have maneuvered through one of the most difficult eras as the COVID pandemic forced students home to deal with distant learning. First of all, thank you very much for, uh, for, for joining the podcast. Uh, we are a local real estate company. I'm not sure if you've seen us around. Uh, we are down there by East Bay Coffee, right next door, in fact. Um, I went to Pinot Valley, graduated in 1992. Katrina went to Pinot Valley, graduated in 1992. And uh, Jamie, well, she's the uh, kind of the outcast. She didn't, but she lived in Pinot. She's been, uh, she's uh, born and raised in Pinot her entire life. So uh, anyway, thank you very much for being uh, being on our podcast. It, it, it means a lot that we have uh, we're able to to really dive into the community and talk to people. So let's start about a little bit uh, about you, Kibby. Would you like to introduce yourself and maybe tell us how long you've been the principal of Pinole Valley and actually how you got started working in education? You bet. It'd be a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, I've been at uh, Pinole Valley since 2013. And this is my 32nd year in the West Contra Costa Unified School District. I, in fact, predate that name. It was uh, Richmond Unified when I got started. I worked for 20 years at Kennedy High School in Richmond and then uh, transferred over to Richmond High School for five years as a, an assistant principal. In 2013, an opening came up at Panola Valley. And you know, being a West Contra Costa guy, I certainly was familiar with Panola Valley, but uh, it was uh, uh, still... You know, a, a brand new community to me uh, in terms of teachers and students and the city as well. So uh, uh, I got one year on the old campus, uh, just long enough to learn where everything was, only to have it be knocked down and, and uh, uh, disappear uh, as we uh, moved into portables for the next five years. So the thing I always say is I, I've been at Panola Valley for eight years and have now been at three different Panola Valley high schools. Right. Where, where are you from originally? I'm from Los Angeles and came up to uh, UC Berkeley for college and never left. Uh, started in uh, West Contra in 1988 as a 25-year-old and, uh, you know, kept thinking, what am I going to really do, you know, with my life when I grow up? And uh, here it is 32 years later, I think, you know, I figured out the answer to that. Well, I think we all try to figure out what we're going to do when we grow up. I don't feel like I should be grown up. I live in an adult world and it's weird. I feel like I still feel like a kid. So I think maybe that's... Uh, yeah, that's that'll keep us young. Yeah. Well, Jason and I. So, as we mentioned in the beginning, so Jason and I, we we actually we met in junior high, but we really start started our friendship in high school, in band. Uh, we're big band nerds, and uh, we loved every minute of it, and that was really what grounded us in uh, just in Pinole Valley and the culture. And now we're alums, and I'll still see the kids from the marching band at my kids' elementary school um, at Ellerhorse. And so we have this, you know, really strong connection to to um, Pinole Valley, uh, Pinole Valley High School. And so we have our own memories of what everything looked like and the culture and the kids right. there at the time. Um, talk us through some of the um, the renovations. Um, and how Pinole may have changed from how we remember it to be. 
Absolutely. Um, when, as I said, I came to Panola in 2013, which was the last year of the original campus. So I saw things that people introduced to say, like, these are the stairs to nowhere. And I'm like, what, what are those? And somebody had to explain. I had to learn the, the local history of the fact that there were portables up there on the hill that, uh, exactly that a, a rainstorm had come and washed them away, but the, the stairs still remain. So it was a, a crash course in, in learning about the campus, where things were, the band room, the uh, cafetorium, uh, uh, and the like. And within a year, all of that information was irrelevant. I remember holding onto the keys saying, you know, am I going to need these or, People said, for what? It's, uh, you know, it's a, a flattened dirt field. So what happened, of course, was after that first year, um, you know, we were in the portables, which was a great equalizer. It meant that uh, I was no more ignorant than uh, uh, than any kid or any any alum, because none of us really knew this new formation. But, you know, in some ways, uh, Portable Valley High School was, was really where I came to uh, get to know the community a lot better. It was necessary during that time in a way that it wouldn't have been if we had a, a fully functional campus. Um, during the portable times, we had no auditorium. We had no gym. Uh, we had no uh, cafeteria to speak of. And so what that meant was for every part of student life, it was necessary for us to reach out into the community. So we took our AP exams in the public library. We had our senior awards night at Pinole Valley Church. We, uh, um, you know, moved our basketball games to Pinole Middle. Our homecoming dance was there as well. And I could go on and on. And you know, really what could have been a negative, I thought, turned into a great positive for building community. And it's something that I don't want to lose now that we have the Taj Mahal to call our home now, that those same elements are so important. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a band kid who uh, was named to the All-State Honor Band. And that's a first in my experience. We've had kids make All-District, All-County, but uh, Emmanuel Soto was the first one in my time to make it to All-State. And we brought him out before the city council, all virtual, of course, right now. And the city council had a nice ceremony and, and read out for him and, and, you know, gave him an award. That's the stuff I love. So, you know, just because we moved into a, a beautiful new building is no reason to to abandon our friends at the library, at the church, at, uh, um, you know, the, the various eateries in town. Um, one of the things that makes Pinole Valley unique as a high school in West Contra Costa is it belongs to one city. Um, Hercules has that to a degree, El Cerrito as well, but where I had come from, Richmond and Kennedy, you know, you could be in Richmond and you could be from any number of high schools. If you're Panola Valley, you're, you're either Panolian or you have a connection there. And that's great. That means that we can really utilize the city and its resources as well. I love, you know, being able to, to play baseball games at Fernandez Park in addition to Panola Valley Park. Um, you know, the, it, it, there, there's a couple real benefits to that community c connection, and that's this: high school students tend to really kind of self-segregate. They're, they're, you know, they, they're pretty tough as a group. You know, they travel as a pack, and they, you know, want to, you know, kind of give off that, you know, it's a little protective, you know, thing they do as well. And you know, folks who are civilians from outside the school look and go, "Oh my God, those like, you know, high school kids." The better connected we are, the more that uh, the community sees the high school kids are just like their brother, their sister, their cousin, their nephew, their niece. And the better the high school kids go and see these like, you know, weird, scary adults are much like ones in their own life as well. The better we make that connection, the more we say, you know, kids meet community and community meet kids, the better for everybody. So, 
you know, this is a long way of saying, adults, make yourself at home. You know, if you want to come in and watch a basketball game, a class uh, tonight, as we're speaking, we have a uh, uh, art gallery show for our AP art. Um, it's Zoom, you know, and tape, so I'll be able to see it later. But the fact is, I want the community to come in because the more that we uh, demystify, you know, how how other the other is, the better off we'll be. Our kids know how to behave, you know, with with people. They they do all the time. In high school, they tend to be a little bit of Lord of the Flies, you know, where they they you know are, are just with each other, but. I would love to bring more adults in and bring our kids back out into the community as much as possible. That's great. So can you clarify? Cause I remember uh, when we went to school, we had kids coming from everywhere and it, there was almost these, shall I say clicks and it's still probably like that, but we had, you know, kids from El Cerrito and kids from Richmond and kids from Panol and Hercules and, you know, from all around because it was just kind of the gathering place. Um, but you're stating that now it's a little bit more, um, you know, the, the community of Pinole is either kids that are attend that live in the community or, you know, have a have a, a relationship with the with the Pinole community because everybody would leave and then um, they'd go back to their hometown, right, or their city and was not really invested in, in Pinole as a city. There is a little bit of that for sure. You're right. I mean, there we have Richmond kids and Elsa Bronte kids and and kids who have uh, somehow uh, gamed the system to get into uh, you know Panola Valley or chose one of the uh, the programs we have that are unique, and they come to the school. But I'd like to think that you know even those students who stay after for uh, uh, you know their their sport or their club, you know, go to Foster's Freeze, go to go to uh, you know Growlers, go to you know some local place. Obviously, you know the the mall right next to us, and they begin to think more of Panola is their home. But it's what's super nice, like I said, is be able to look at a high school age person in town and say, you know, Panola Valley. And, and, you know, when you go somewhere, you do something, you know, you go to the high school, it's understood which high school you're talking about. And that's, that's a little extra benefit that uh, doesn't happen everywhere. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned that uh, the school was, I think it was under renovation for what was it five years? Five years. Yeah. I can't believe that came and went by so fast. I live in Pinole, so I saw it from the demo days. And then all of a sudden, this amazing building seemed like it was up overnight. So it doesn't seem to me like it was five years. But during those that time, you were still open and kids were still, you know, going to school. So how did you provide meaningful experiences? You know, in high school, it's all about prom or going to the football games and having those experiences you mentioned that, you know, some of them were uh, the community got involved, maybe Fernandez Park or having events elsewhere. But what are some of the meaningful experiences? And then what were some of the challenges for you? The They kind of are one in the same. Um, the, the thing that we did was this, and this was uh, something I'll take some, you know, credit for, which is to say you take a look at a situation and you can look at it and say, wow, you know, woe is us. Look look how un unfortunate we are. Or, you know, you can look at the exact same situation and say, what's something we could do that we couldn't do under normal circumstances? What are the advantages to being in a portable class at school that you couldn't do on a normal campus? And I had, you know, a great art teacher who said, why don't we, you know, put murals up everywhere around campus? Now, we're not going to do that in our beautiful new building. In the old building, there was no place to put them. But, you know, we had plywood, we had drills, and and we had, you know, inexpensive portables. And it became a living art gallery. You could walk through that campus and see, uh, you know, reproductions of great works of art. And then kids designed their originals. I think by the time we were done, we had 30, you know, murals up there. We got uh, covered by the East Bay Times. 
The uh, uh, NPR did a story on us. We were on uh, both the local ABC and CBS-like networks to show that off. The band just, you know, marched through campus, snaked their way through. We, uh, um, you know, did did all of the events that, uh, you know, we could do either outdoors or or in a, um, you know, we had kind of a primary, you know, larger portable uh, classroom, which we used. And, you know, we just looked and really would not accept um, you know, in particular adults, you know, talking smack about the portable campus. I mean, we, we, I think people really came to enjoy it and it gave kind of like an us versus them thing. I mean, for the classes of, uh, what would be 2018 and 2019, that's the only Pinole Valley they know, right? They, they were there their entire four years, you know, was in the portables. I, I'm, I don't have my t-shirt on. I have one that shows like portable Valley high with a picture of the portable and, while it was a little difficult to get to, you know, it's pretty unique to be able to drive right up to your classroom, you know, and when right. nobody was there and, the, you know, the school was like a parking lot and you could, you know, just drive there and do it. We did our homecoming floats there. We, uh, you know, we, we made it happen. And I think for the folks who went there during that time, there was a real feeling of togetherness and uh, uh, unity and, you know, the disadvantage, which you could obviously, you know, note as well. Uh, I think we took a look and said, okay, but, you know, what can we do that we couldn't do somewhere else? And then we did that. And you still had football games and stuff like that, right, on the field. And so that was all there. And Absolutely. It, it did mean, as I said, that we were the, you know, road team for, you know, every basketball game for, for four years. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of pride. I mean, we won the league volleyball title, having never played a game, you know, on our, on our home, uh, you know, court. And there were a lot of, you know, really happy things like that. Every rally became an outdoor rally, you know, needless to yeah. say. And uh, I think in the second year, I think in 2014, there was an enormous rainstorm in uh, uh, January or February, which uh, fairly flooded the portable campus. And uh, my vice principal um, navigated it quite well on a small boat and uh, just, you know, rode from, uh, uh, you know, one part of the campus to another. And, uh, uh, you know, we kind of caught that image and made it sort of uh, symbolic for what it was we were doing. It was... Uh, um, you know, it was a, a memorable experience, I think, for everybody at the time. But, uh, you know, certainly the classes looked with envy as they saw the beautiful building coming up, you know, right. which they weren't going to be a part of. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of which, so how was the students' reaction from coming from, you know, the intimacy of a portable, if you will, to, you know, this, the Taj Mahal, as you said, what's the students' reaction to that? Well, you know, I only wish they had enough time to have been there, right? We just got in and then, you know, uh, uh, you know, our, our, you know, our pal Rona came and, you know, shut us down <laughs> no. again. So, uh, you know, in the six months time, I think we're still learning to see where everything is on the campus. I mean, I, I would fail a test of, of being able to identify which teachers are in which rooms and what this key opens. Uh, so there's still much to explore, but, uh, the kids were, uh, excited about it. And, you know, change is hard. Even, you know, some of the, some of the upper classmen, you know, kind of missed the intimacy of the portables. And the same thing which happened, you know, years back happened here, which is that now, once again, we're on an even playing field. The freshmen know as much as the seniors about the site. And guess what? Lockers. You know, we hadn't had lockers for five years. So that's that's a little something, too. So there's a lot of things which you uh, take for granted or forget. And, uh, you know, and there it is. So, uh, yeah, we, we would still love to have a graduation ceremony, senior awards, you know, there's, so, a, you know, a, a musical, there's all sorts of things we have not had the ex time yet to experience on our new campus. Yeah, you definitely will, though. I mean, that school is amazing. I drive by and I'm just like, it, it reminds me of a, I mean, it's a community college, basically, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So.
you totally different some of the uh, the programs. So we had some limited programs way back when, but you mentioned a lot of the like athletic programs. Uh, can you discuss what kind of uh, maybe new program that you have now that maybe we didn't have then? Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I think we have the traditional sports. I, I always think of them in terms of season, so it's easier for me to remember in that way. So, you know, in the fall we do cross country, we do football, we have girls tennis, we have girls volleyball, and uh, we have water polo. Water polo is at uh, Contra Costa College pool. There's still, you know, definitely people out there who wish we had built a pool on the new campus, and you know, I think that would have been exciting. But uh, you know, you can't have everything. We had a giant like you know lake at the old campus and the portables nobody seemed to want to keep that so uh, uh in the winter we have uh, both boys and girls basketball boys and girls soccer we have wrestling i think wrestling might be something that we did yeah, before there. yeah so uh so that's something which is uh you know become popular and then in the spring we have baseball softball uh track and field golf um boys tennis boys volleyball and somebody's going to kick my butt because I always forget their sport. So the other sport that I'm forgetting. Um, and up until uh, uh, the COVID, we uh, uh, you know had a PE class walk over to uh, uh, Pinole Valley Lanes and and bowls, something which I really you know encourage. I, I like again that idea of getting out into the community, having the students experience and interact with you know civilians throughout the day. I think that makes them better kids, and and it you know calms you know the adults in town look and go oh my god i saw your kids they were you know really nice or polite or or you know respectful you know uh and and you know that's always a happy moment too so i'd love to get back to as much of that as possible too we have um the earth team which is a club that works on the panola creek and they go out there and you know survey the creek and uh, native plants and uh, uh do trash pickup so nothing oh. makes me nothing makes me happier than to see our kids outside of the school doing school related things as well Absolutely. You mentioned that you were only open, was it six months before the pandemic hit? Yeah, well, I guess September to February or yeah. Uh, yeah, when we get out March, March 13th. So about six or seven months. Yeah, that's right. Wow. So how did you navigate during those early days when everything was just an absolute mess? Well, we, we certainly didn't think we were going to be out that long. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, we thought, you know, a couple of weeks out and then, then we'll be back. Uh, you know, I would come onto campus once the, you know, once everything had been cleared and, and you would go and see posters for this is coming up in April and this is coming up in May. And the fact they were still up there in November and December told me that we really, you know, got caught like the rest of the planet, you know, not knowing how serious this was. And, you know, there's just no choice in the matter. It was, tough for last year's seniors, obviously, but they at least had the opportunity to really identify and do some senior events. This year's seniors, wow, I can't even imagine what it's like for them. I mean, you know, we're adults. I've gone through, you know, 32 homecomings and 32, you know, proms and, and you know, I'm, I'm pretty accustomed to that, but this would have been this year's kids, you know, not having those events. And, you know, my, my heart just goes out to them. It's, it's, you know, really tough. And, you know, we're doing everything virtually and remote and some kids have, you know, found silver linings in it, but, you know, I'm not going to say it's as good or, or better. It overall, you know, it's, it's a sadness that, you know, we did not get to have, uh, you know, high school as one would expect high school to be. My kids, um, I had, so my son's in sixth grade. He's going, um, well, he's at home now. Uh, we're right. on Zoom. I'm, you know, I assist with, with teaching and, and it is challenging. Um, there's, there's almost this fatigue. I call it Zoom fatigue. Um, you know, my daughter is very engaged and loves science and learning. And, and I just, I see her, her academics declining. She's less 
involved and less excited. Do you feel like that is is happening at, at the high school level? Because um, we're not looking forward to walking into the classroom. And I tell them it's not your fault. You know, I, this is a challenging time. Um, and so I was just curious how older kids are are experiencing it. Exactly the same as your sixth grader, precisely the same. There are, you know, honor roll students who are having their worst, you know, semesters yet who are, you know, trying to stay motivated and really finding it difficult to do. We, we have kids who have kind of tuned out. We have kids who are, you know, making, uh, uh, you know, marginal efforts. Some of them due to circumstances beyond, you know, normal control, having siblings in the house, having one computer, having no quiet place to work, having, you know, vision issues, having technology issues, having, you know, complications in terms of, wait, do I upload or do I download, um, uh, you know, motivation issues, lack of, you know, peer support. Uh, you know, we've put as many things in place to make it happen. We have a fairly extensive tutoring program all remotely online. I just saw, you know, a crew dismissed about an hour ago, uh, you know, working till four o'clock on a Friday, which is great. But, you know, for the band, I mean, they're trying to work in little squares and, you know, coordinate the choir the same. It is... You know, like I said, we we could find some happy stories in the midst. There are people who are like, great, you know, I never liked the peer pressure or, you know, this is cool. I can work at 1130 in my pajamas and, and get my work done. But for the most part, you know, this isn't what we signed up for. I didn't sign up to be the principal of an independent study school. Uh, you know, these kids didn't sign up to go to like, you know, remote school. I mean, they're they're making do. But you know, the, the, the thing I tell people is this is a planetary thing. This is not, you know, I didn't get all the way through my Spanish too. You know, nobody on the globe did this right. year. And so we're just going to, you know, the impacts are going to happen for years. You know, as we take a look and the teacher in the year 2025 is going to be, well, what did you do in algebra one? Oh, I was remote all that year. Oh yeah, I got it. And so, you know, for the next 12 years, I think we can anticipate people going, remember pandemic year? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Jason and I, you know, we really connected, like I mentioned, um, at the high school. So there's a whole social aspect. I honestly, I can't, I couldn't help my kid with algebra if I tried, but there, there's, there's some connections that, that happen organically that, you know, feed into many years moving forward. But I really feel positive about, you know, the kids getting back into the classroom, that engagement happening again. And, and the music program, I can imagine, you know, playing all together. Um, but I know that there you have a very strong music program, and I'd love to hear a bit more about it. Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. And I, I did want to, you know, say one thing in terms of, uh, you know, you had mentioned not being good at algebra. That actually fits something which I've said a lot during this time, which is that parents, you are not your child's algebra teacher. All we need you to do is this. Help your child to get organized. Help your child to figure out how to keep a schedule, how to be a self-advocate, how to, uh, uh, you know, ask for help when they need it. If that's what you do, you are a great partner to us as a school. You know, uh, we don't need you to teach history or English. Frankly, we think you're going to get the math wrong. So, you know, we would rather, you know, leave that one to the pros and say, help us to figure out how to uh, uh, prepare your student how to give them a good space, whether it be a, a digital planner, a physical one, uh, how to organize themselves. And if you've done that, wow, you, you have gone above and beyond. And that's what I say you know, to every one of our parents and anybody listening, that, that that's really the, the best thing you can do for a high school age kid. And, and if you can you know, provide that and help them you know, become more independent, you've done great. 
Um, your question was about music. The music program has been strong for years. Eric Radkowitz, who is our uh, uh, band teacher, uh, was named uh, 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 a, uh, what was it called? A Warren Uckel uh, Teacher Award winner, a, a very significant like award given to only a handful of people countywide and well-deserved. Um, what the band is, is really the ambassador of our school. Uh, you know, they will play at all kinds of community events in addition to, you know, all of our sporting events. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a team. They work hard. Uh, they're high standards of excellence and, uh, people are delighted to see them. Um, a couple of years ago, you know, traditionally our homecoming parade goes from Pinole Valley Park to the high school. Uh, you know, I want every other year to bring the parade right downtown, you know, to go down, uh, uh, San Pablo Avenue. <coughs> to tenant so everybody can see us so that, you know, one half of the year, um, you know, half of Pinole gets the, the band in front, the other half gets the, uh, gets the other. But one of the things that is a new point of pride is our choir. Uh, we've always had a choir, but I don't think it's ever been quite so good. A fellow named Joseph Lim is our choir director, teaches a couple periods of piano as well. And he has turned in, uh, you know, a really stellar group. They, they, um, uh, the kids have uh, produced a, a, a semi-weekly um, variety show called Roland Panole, which uh, features uh, uh, artists, kids talking about the fine art they've produced, musicians playing as well. And last, to about two weeks ago at Valentine's, the kids did an entire 60-minute show of just, uh, you know, a student host and students, you know, coming on to do various artistic things. Just this week, uh, we had a Black History celebration, a 90-minute long program with poetry, spoken word, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, singing, uh, stories. It was brilliant. And I loved seeing that kind of production. These are things inspired by adults, but executed by kids. That's fantastic. What, where would you be able to watch this kind of stuff? Is there, is it on any channel or there, there's, there's some YouTube links and I'll be happy to uh, send them along. Yeah, uh, you know, do. You know, Roland Panola, uh, uh, you know, the, the most recent one, uh, um, you know, was, uh, uh, is available and, uh, the, uh, the Black History Show is more of a proprietary, but I'm sure I can get you guys a, a link to, to watch it as well. It's, it's all kinds of wonderful. I saw it twice, you know, on the same day. I liked it so much. Oh, I'd love to see it. Awesome. Fantastic. I actually have a question. So it seems these days, um, especially from the, even the time that I was in high school, which was 10 years ago now, either politically or with the environment. Um, I know I saw a lot of young high schoolers at the Black Lives Matter protests, and they just seem so involved. So do you do anything as a school to, you know, make sure they have different avenues to where they can, uh, you know, really advocate for the things they're passionate about? That, that's a great question. I mean, the, the, the answer to that is really, uh, you know, I don't think we create uh, that though to be fair there are clubs on campus there's a girls empowerment club there's a, a group called uprise uh there's a group called political revolution so uh, uh you know we've had junior statesmen we have debaters and you know through these clubs and sometimes through other actions kind of ad hoc as you know situations develop but you know we're always happy to give students a forum and an opportunity to speak we want it to be in a safe space but wow it's not that safe a world and so you know, we, we have to be real about that, too. I would say that, you know, we do not direct students into political action, but we have, you know, venues and, and opportunities for them to speak. Um, you know, there is, uh, uh, you know, the, the whole, you know, country has become more politicized. So we want to be sensitive to that as well. You know, Pinole Valley, like Pinole, the city, 
you know, does not speak with one voice. You know, there are differing points of view and we do have to provide like a safe space for it. But then there are certain kinds of speech which, you know, you know, can't be tolerated either. So, you know, where you draw that line where somebody's opposition becomes somebody else's hate speech, you know, something we're constantly negotiating. And so it's uh, it's a little bit complicated, but I'd like to think that, that students feel their voice can be heard, uh, even if it's not our, our primary, you know, vision. We are uh, an educational facility first, and uh, social justice is a, a certainly an important element of it. But what I, I've hired are biology teachers, English teachers, history teachers. That's what they do best uh, to the degree that they are political agents. You know, that factors into it some, but um, you know, my own stance is that, that the thing we do best is to educate students and, you know, hopefully that education will then apply to their political lives also. But it sounds like you have some pretty great clubs, though, that the children can be a part of. And It's the teachers who make them. I mean, we can't pay them to be like club sponsors. So ideally, what we see is the teachers find it builds a, a different kind of bond with students. It's a different kind of relationship. So, you know, we have, uh, uh, you know, and sometimes the clubs are ephemeral. They come for a short time. There's kids who are interested in it. And then, you know, nobody picks it up from there. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was a car club and people brought old hoopties onto campus and, you know, parked them and, you know, it was portable so you could bring them onto campus and they just sort of poked around and drew pictures of cars so you know it's not a car club anymore but you know in its place comes uh you know a different sort so yeah you know everything from uh, african-american student union to like zumba you know we we kind of have it all on campus and it's great to see uh some of them have been more active during the pandemic than others uh, one just formed called like uh I think it's called wellness and, and they deal with like, you know, mental health and, you know, trying to feel good. And that came about during the, the pandemic. So, you know, kudos to that. Um, on Friday, the culinary club meets and they're working remotely. I, uh, um, you know, contributed, uh, you know, my own, you know, expertise of making soft pretzels one day on camera. And uh, next week, I think it's the culinary club versus the Chinese club in a battle royale. I'm not sure, you know, I, I figure everybody's going to win at that one. But, you know, it's great to see. And those things are very organic and, and holistic. People, you know, develop an interest and find a teacher willing to do it. You know, the guy who runs the Dungeons and Dragons Club probably still doesn't understand what that 20-sided dice does. But, you know, he's, he's you know, a great host to the kids who are there who, you know, play it, you know, and would stay there till 8 o'clock if he didn't boot them off campus. Right. That's so important, that that connection, because the students will, they'll find their teacher that they're most comfortable with and confident with. And in fact, Jason and I had, uh, we had coffee with our music teacher, Carl Johnson, uh, recently, Um you know, it was a million years ago since we went to school, but we connected with him and it was interesting because he shared with us how different students. Now, of course, you know, no said names, but right. he was really surprised at how many students at that time needed some kind of figure, somebody to talk to after school, to talk through problems. And what we didn't realize at the time, because we're all numpties, uh, you know, of course, of course, students have evolved since we were there. But I think people have gotten smarter, that's for sure. Much smarter than yeah. I mean, Mr. Johnson was my, he was also my trigonometry teacher. Like, he would help me with my trig homework, you know? I mean, he was, that's... And that's our pal, like, he would invite yeah. us over, you know, the, the music kids over. And you create a bond and you feel comfortable. And I think that that's so important because sometimes you don't have that at home. And I can imagine that translates even now into... Uh, you know, students now with their teachers and having so many different clubs to choose from and having that, um, like we said, kind of that organic relationship created, I can only imagine how that benefits the students. 
Well, yep. and like you said before, you know, the students, it's important for them to be experienced or have experiences around adults. And it's important for the adults to understand the students aren't just children, right? High school right. is a very transformative time. Right. And it's after that senior year, you are thrown into the world. You become an adult yourself. So I think it's very important for the students in high school to be able to have that, you know, connection to the outside world. One of the things I'm really committed to doing for next year here, this is a, a you know, you're, you're getting a, a you know, a, an exclusive uh, here on uh, on the program is uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, uh, looking to kind of transform the idea of homeroom. We we went back to homerooms when we went into quarantine. The idea that the students would have a place to go every day where we could do the morning announcements, where teachers could do a quick check in. And we love it. We're going to keep that, I think, going forward next year. That's not the scoop. The, the part which we're looking to do is to say, what if once or twice a week we made that more of an open opportunity that students could, on their own, then go to a class where they felt either they needed to get work done or they were comfortable. Now, there's a lot of you know things to work out in that to say, you know, what if everybody rushes to the same room? We can't have that. What if kids, you know, want to hang out instead of going to a room? And there, you know, various other like elements to it. You know, students who have a 3.0 or better will not have to go into a room. They've earned the right to, you know, be outside if they wish. But we suspect because they're 3.0, they're probably going into a classroom. But but the reason for that is this. We know it's going to look a little messy to start. You know, we know that's not going to be an elegant and, and smooth transition as kids will want to hang out in the bathroom or won't want to go to a class. But, you know, the thing that me and my vice principals were talking about was, don't we want to transition them into adulthood and into making some decisions? I mean, in high school, the stakes are low. You know, if you mess up, it's okay. You can take the class again. If you didn't get into your top college, you got into a second college. Your permanent record transcript, you know, it'll follow you into the next level, and that's kind of it. But let, let's, like, try it here. Let's make high school different than middle school and say, instead of six classes in lockstep, you know, like so, let's create and give the students a little taste of independence and see what they do with it. And, you know, my guess is that it will take them a while, but they will get it. And that's the kind of thing we want to do. I mean, one remarkable thing of, of uh, you know, pajama school has been that we are able to uh, have students to you know, in a, in a degree of independence they've never had before. When the first period ends in a normal school year, a bell rings, security and vice principals, myself are in the hallway going, hall sweep, hall sweep, get to your second period class. And, you know, without thinking, you pick up your backpack, you stop at your locker, you get like hustled into the class seconds before the bell rings, and you do that the rest of the day. In quarantine times, first period ends, you log out. Now it's up to you independently on your own. I mean, it may not feel like much, but it is to now log into your next class. Nobody's there yelling at you. I mean, maybe mom or dad is like, you know, looking over your shoulder at the beginning, but not all year. And then it's up to you to decide, I'm going to enter that class. I'm going to turn my camera on or not. I'm going to stay after and ask for help. I've got a dentist appointment, so I better communicate with my teacher and let them know. One of those the, those silver linings I was talking about is creative a more this is creating more active learners people who are um, having to take control of their learning experience and saying if you know I don't go to fourth period nobody's going to know right I'm not going to get busted I'm not going to get like you know put in detention I just won't go so the kids who are going who are making those decisions good on them and and so I want to create you know next year a little bit more in terms of independence and freedom and see what the kids do with it. That's awesome. I mean, are you uh, mentioning that, uh, you know, when they have to log off and log back in and everything, are you seeing a, um, like a drop in attendance? Are you seeing change? Yeah, you are. So, I mean, how, how does, 
how is that? I mean, what what are the numbers and like you know what do you 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 one one of the things we do is this we you know we we um we don't have a lot of sticks you know in terms of like you know motivation if if a student's not motivated by an F if an F does not change your behavior well then you're pretty much out of sticks right I mean we're not going to like you know uh you know strike the kids we're not going to like you know put them in jail you know they're just not going to pass the class and if that isn't uh, if that negative incentive doesn't work then it's time to think of some positive incentives so you know my attitude is let's keep trying until June the 8th and figure out ways to get students motivated to log in and do it I couldn't tell you for sure what our numbers are. Let's say we're down probably, you know, 20% attendance kind of across the board. So, you know, one out of every, every five students now like attends irregularly or not at all. Um, you know, there's some of that happens when schools in real session too, kids who, who don't show up, but I don't want to, you know, I, I don't think we get there by yelling at the kids and saying, why aren't you in class? Because ones you're yelling at are there in class. You know, it's, it's the ones who are, aren't there who you're saying, you know, get in there. And so I tasked the teacher, we just talked to the teachers today and looked at, you know, a lot of failing grades and said, you know, we're not yelling at you for this. You can't pass a kid who's not showing up. I, that would be, you know, malpractice if you did. I don't want you to just hand out good grades because they're on the roll sheet. So let's keep thinking. What are some other ways that you can persuade and motivate and make, you know, history class exciting or, or you know, remote chemistry class or, you know, ceramics online? And that's, you know, that's a teacher's job. That's a teacher's job when kids are in session. You know, I come from a retail background before I went into schools and, you know, always be selling. You know, uh, I want my history class to be the one that you do. You know, when, when I was a teacher and somebody said, you know, Kibby, you know, your kids are doing your homework in my class. I was like, you know, you know, saying, oh, that's really bad. But inside I'm going like, yes, they like my class. You know, and, and I want that to be the, I want everybody to be that competitive and say, I want them to like my class the best. I want them to feel compelled and motivated to come to mine. So, you know, just keep working. I, as I said, I don't care if it's the second to last day of school. You know, there's going to be some kid who like pipes up and contributes who didn't before. You know, we can build on that. Right. You, you, you have to be an optimist in this job. You have to think that like, you know, kids can learn and that learning makes a difference. I, I don't want anybody on staff who doesn't believe in that. I, I can't believe those people would be good educators. Right. I mean, I had a really hard time in geometry back in the day, you know, way back in the day. Um, and, you know, because I had a hard time, I didn't like the class. I didn't like going to it. But when I started doing better and I had the teacher uh, help me, and Ms. Marquetta, remember her, Katrina? We, we were both in the class. Ms. Marquetta, remember her? Yeah. Um, old, old, teacher, old teachers Teachers are never too old to not appreciate a shout out. So like, say it say it loud, man. Yeah. So, so when, you know, when, when she did uh, help me after class and when I did get help from, from our band director, like once I started doing better in the class, I enjoyed going to it. And I, I think that's the problem. I think kids that have a hard time in, in that particular subject, they just don't like it because they, they have a hard time and it just, it, it's tough. So yeah, good motivation. Good motivation definitely works. It's true. And, you know, I get it. Not every day is going to be like, you know, candy canes and rainbows and, and that's got to be okay too. I mean, you know, kids will respond to competence and passion. You know, it doesn't mean that every day in, in you know, math class has to be, you know, a, a great trip, you know, a two column proof was never like, you know, my day of fun <laughs> either. And, uh, yeah. uh, and uh, uh, you know, I kind of crashed and burned at geometry also. And, uh, you know, it, but, but what does matter is that the kids have to know they're in good hands and, and, 
they respond to great teaching no matter what it looks like. And that's a, a real happy thing. You know, there's, there's so many ways to teach well that uh, it's one of the things that keeps me coming back year after year. There is no template that says this is what makes good teaching because then you'll see somebody do something you've never seen before or put the kids in a different order or, you know, do a different warm-up exercise or not do a warm-up exercise at all. And you're like, that's great. But if I gave those same words to the teacher next door, if I handed them a script, and said, do exactly what Mr. X does, it would fail, right? right you right. know, so there's, 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 there's an art and a science to it, which never stops fascinating me. I mean, I, my happiest time is seeing like a, a great class. And sometimes when I'm down in the dumps or bummed about something, I'll go to see like that happy classroom and I feel better. And it doesn't mean the class is doing happy things. It just means I see like a really like good like class. And then I'm pumped. I feel like great about that. I feel pumped. You're so passionate. And I'm I know. You know, my kid will likely go to Pinole Valley. And so kind of in wrapping up, uh, it sounds like you have kind of a trajectory and where you want to see Pinole Valley High going. And I'd love to hear where you see it in, let's say, five years from now. Wow. That, that uh, Thank you for putting that one up on a tee for me. I, I am so ready for that. But if, if I wasn't asked that, I just was going to answer that anyway. Um, uh, there's a program called International Baccalaureate, or IB which is, uh, um, came out, I don't know, 40 or 50 years ago, but it's only sort of caught attention the last couple. Uh, myself and one of my teachers uh, made a real effort to learn about this and thought this was a fascinating, you know, other approach other than AP, and we are all in. Uh, this was like a four or five year long campaign, which involved us, uh, you know, spending time in, in high schools at Tracy, Fresno, and Modesto. See, look what I won't do for Pinole, right? You know, that the, I would go to the Central Valley. And uh, uh, we saw schools that had similar demographics, similar populations, and saw that it worked. So IB is what we are now. We are an IB school, the only one in Contra Costa County. And what that means is that our juniors and seniors have the option of taking advanced level courses in English, math, social science, science, art, and world language. Those six classes, if you want, if, if you're a student who wants the ultimate challenge, you can take all six of those, a two year long course in each of those subjects. You do an extended essay, which is like a mini thesis on a topic of your choice with a, an advisor on campus. You do a community service project and you do uh, take a course called theory of knowledge. So a seventh class, you do all of those things and you have to score well on the exam and you earn what's called an IB diploma. This is high level stuff. And we are thrilled to be able to offer it to students who want that kind of challenge. I mean, there was always a kid who took four or five APs. Now we've got it. What I love about IB is it pushes that kid slightly out of their comfort zone as well. So, you know, I might have been that kid who was going to be unable to resist like taking the, you know, all the all the advanced level classes. But I wouldn't have taken the art. You know, I'm not, I'm not very good at art, but I would say, man, you know, is that going to hold me back? You know, in for a penny, in for a pound. I'm going to take the IB art class too. So I love that element of it. It tells all the students, like, you don't have to get a seven, the highest score on each, as long as you get a, like a grand total of 30 points. So, you know, maybe I only got a, a two on my art class, but I got a six or seven in my history class. If that's all that IB was, that would still be great. But but what I like about it is our, our pledge is IB for all. So we want 70% of our seniors to take one IB class in the time they're there. So imagine you are that art student. You've completed your basic art. You took a ceramics art. You took a photo class. Now, are you ready for the challenge of taking a two-year-long intensive art class? You bet you are. You're an artist. Yeah. You love this stuff. And so you're going to go in and you're going to take and have this IB experience. I'm a kid who loves to read, uh, you know, gave up on math and science, just doing the minimum there. But an IB English class, two years of intensive work in language arts, where do I sign? 
Right. So that, that is what we just, we have our very first cadre of students. This year's juniors are our first IB group. We have about 18 kids going to get the diploma. Our goal is that 10% of the senior class on average, like 30 some kids will want to get IB diplomas and that 70% will take one or more IB classes. And so that's something we're very excited about. And uh, if you pass our marquee on the street, you will see it says like PV is IB. That's oh, yeah. what it means. I mean, I'm in charge. I'm in charge of the marquee. So like whatever you see, I mean, I'm pretty, I pretty much know what's on there. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Wow. It is. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's. Well, I think we're having technical. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, we will see, you know, how, how it transforms, uh, you know, the school. I mean, the teachers have had to learn, you know, different methods too. But my other spinoff hope is that same teacher, you know, our IB biology teacher just teaches one group of IB kids. The rest of the time she's teaching regular biology. So right. I suspect that that regular biology class will be infused with elements of the IB class. Some of the things may not be directly applicable, but she'll be able to use elements of that. And she's going to talk to the other science teachers who are going to say, huh, how do you do that? Is that an IB thing? Tell me how. So my hope is that this becomes a part of the whole school. We've sent many teachers to training during quarantine all the training is like, you know, online, much less expensive. So we're, we're pressing, we're going to have our first IB music history class starting next year. We have, uh, uh, you know, courses, you know, brand new to us that, that, you know, we've never taught before with IB. I'm excited to see what, you know, essays the kids write. The librarian is the one who oversees that. So yeah, the sky's the limit on that. I mean, my, my goal honestly is to, to make Panola Valley uh, the best academic school in the district as well. I think it's already and always been best in terms of student life with so much going on. And I love that. But, uh, you know, I want that same energy and passion for our academics as well. I mean, this is my ninth year. I'm the oldest high school principal in the district, both in terms of age and in terms of service. So, you know, I better have something to show for this, right? <laughs> well, awesome. the kids, you know, kids want to be challenged. They want to be challenged. They want to be creative you know, pushed a little bit to their limit. And there's going to be kids that most of them will excel and to provide that opportunity to them. Sometimes they just need the opportunity yep. and that opportunity and, and run with it. So being able to present the IB program, um, that sounds fascinating, interesting. Where, where would people, let's say we have, we have clients that come into the community and they want to hear about the schools, right? School mm -hmm. is very important when Cheers. you're responding to a certain uh, yeah. community. So this has been so helpful to hear about this, to be able to share this with our clients who are moving or considering moving to Panol. Uh, where could they also go to find more information about uh, IB program, academics, what Panol provides um, in terms of, of programming, academics, et cetera? Well, I'm sure you're going to be surprised to know I have an answer to that. We have, uh, 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 the, I, I maintain the school's website as well. I'm pretty much like the king of all media when it comes to uh, <laughs> nice. uh, Panola Valley. Uh, uh, and I mean, it's it comes from a selfish thing. I want to know what's going on in my school. So I know that tomorrow there's a debate tournament. I know that tomorrow the Engineering Academy is giving out T-shirts for the oh, like seniors. I know that, you know, on, on you know, I know what's happening. And so I want the rest of the school to know it as well. My, my first motivation just came from the fact that when I was a teacher, you know, I didn't know the guy next door to me was like doing this awesome stuff and he was next door to me. So I don't want that again. So, you know, we have daily announcements during the pandemic. I do video announcements. So, you know, I have a Prezi account and do like a five minute recording that comes into people's like, you know, homerooms where they get to see me. Good luck getting me to stop doing that. You know, before I, I just had a loudspeaker. Now I've got like a video camera. Good Lord. Anyway, 
the school's website is something I keep up to date. And there's a link for IB. There's, uh, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it is up to date. I mean, the, the website, what you see on the website is something I put up, you know, eight hours ago on Monday, I'll put up something new. We feature a kid artwork every, every day up there. There's a whole link for IB and you can always like just, you know, email the school or ask for me as well. I will make time to talk with, you know, newcomers who are coming in and, and do it. And the district has given permission to say any student in West Contra Costa who wants to be an IB student can come to Panola Valley, which is huge. That means, yeah. you know, a Hercules kid or an El Cerrito kid or a Richmond or El Bronte kid who says, I'm interested in this IB will not have to follow and jump through the same hoop, but they can enroll and come to our school. And that's going to be great for our school as well. That's awesome. I don't know how great it's going to be for El Cerrito or Hercules, but you know, it's uh-huh. great for us. You guys have anything, uh, any other questions you want no, to No, that was incredible. I feel like now I can speak to clients a lot more confidently yeah. about, I know a lot, a lot about the pro, about a lot of the programs um, just from, you know, years past, but it's always important to stay up to date with what's going on, especially during this crazy time and how you guys are navigating it. So that's incredible information. Thank you so much for getting on here and sharing it with us. Um, I hope that one day my kids will go to Pinal Valley once I have them. And <laughs> I, I really look forward to that. So thank well, you. It's such a pleasure speaking with you. You seem Absolutely. so passionate about what you do. Yeah, I love that. You're inspiring. I, I would love to uh, to take a tour of the school, you know, when all this, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we can all get together and take a take a tour. I would love to see it. No, nothing nothing would make me happier. It, 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 also, it also gets me out of the office and, and then provides a reason why people can't find me when I'm on campus. I'll just leave my walkie-talkie and people will say, where'd you go, Kibby? I'm like, yeah, I delete an important tour. So, yeah, the, the pleasure would be mine. We can go. And- we'll share with you all of our, all of our, uh, all, the, all of our stories. I, I was, I mean, my photo was hanging in the band room for like 10 years after I left school because I was the drum major for three years. No, right. for like 25 years after you left school. It was, I used to it, do plays and I would see it. Okay, so like 25 years I was <laughs> hanging in the band room and then the school got torn down and they're new, amazing. So I'm wondering what photos they're going to put up. I can't wait to see That's the new great. band room. And, yeah. I'm I'm impressed that the that uh, people respectfully treated a 25 year old picture. I'm surprised you didn't have a mustache, a monocle, and and well, you know, it was yeah. so high up. It was hanging high. Yeah, it wasn't 25 years, but I remember it was so high up we couldn't reach it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, definitely, you guys. It was certainly well. Any, I, I will put that offer out to any panolian that says, you know, give me 24 hours notice and say I want to come, awesome. you know, see the school and, uh, you know, happy to show it off. My attitude's always like. Look, if, if there's something that like we're doing, I want to show it off, and if there's something we shouldn't be doing, then then you know we shouldn't be doing that. So right. look, I'm not I'm not saying it won't be a guided tour. There may be a classroom or two that you know we're not going to like make a, a primary stop on the tour, but uh, yeah, the, you would get to see a, a beautiful campus and and awesome. some really uh, committed educators. Well, thank you so much. We we, we appreciate you, and uh, we're inspired by you, and uh, we we can't wait to meet you in person. The same. Thanks, you guys. Have a best of luck. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm a total Panol patriot at this point. You know, I, I, I want to see nothing but good things in this city. It's been really good to us. Awesome. Well, go Big Blue. Thank you for listening to the Maddox Podcast. Thank you to our producer, Sam Loveman of Painless Podcast, for helping make this podcast possible. We started this podcast so we could share our real estate insights, as well as provide our listeners with a chance to get to know the Maddox team. Our goal is to make our clients' real estate sale or purchase as simple as possible, allowing them to sit back while we handle the hard work. 
To learn more about what we do or to look up resources about the Bay Area communities, visit our website at maddoxrealestate.com or give us a call at 510-993-0688.